Blessings, blessings, blessings to God's wonderful, blessed people. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. Well, we're in the car. Again, we're going to go shopping for food today. And uh, I thought it would be good to do my teaching from the car because dear Chad has some questions to ask me today. We were going to do this in the studio, but... You know, I really, really enjoy teaching from the car. I think you do too because, or you enjoy seeing it also. Uh, our numbers on Monday were tremendous. Yesterday was just tremendous numbers. Uh, you people really enjoy this. And so we're doing another one today. And this is Wednesday, so to Jesus be the praise. And it's a beautiful day in Florida, and I'm sure where you are too. Now, saints, we're going to talk with about something really important, about how to be free from oppression. Demonic oppression today is a reality in the church, which is so sad. And we hear about it now all the time. And, you know, like, how can we be free from this and stay free from this? So, would you like to say a few things, Senor? Hello, sir. Hello, everyone. I'm happy to be here. Thank you, Jesus. But we were we were talking today, both Chad and I, about uh, this problem. For sure. And go ahead. Yeah. Well, I I asked, you know, because I learned so much from Pastor Benny um, about life's ups, you know, ups downs. You know, we uh, he's a mighty man of God who's seen a lot in his life, many triumphs, but of course, uh, he's also a human being and has to go through some trials as well. And so I asked him, you know, sir, how, did, uh, what kind of trials have you been through and have you ever dealt with? Yeah, what I've had to, exactly. You know, because we can learn from that. Yeah. Well, I told him about a vision I had that I want to share, share with you that he had not heard me talk about before. In 1974, when the Lord visited my life in a powerful way, I had a vision. I did not know that vision had to do with my life in the future. I thought maybe it had to do with something to do in the past and I saw myself and I've shared this before maybe you already heard it but it's good to for some of you to hear that have not I saw myself in this vision as a cripple I was uh, hunched over I could not stand up straight I was surrounded by what looked like a brownish mist And in front of me, I saw the Lord. Now, this is happening while I'm praying on my needs. So, me, Benny Hinn, the young man, is seeing me in a vision. And I saw the Lord on one side of the room, wearing a white robe, glistening white robe, with his arms open, outstretched towards me, me in the vision. And all he said is, come. And I saw myself, and it was a troubling moment for me in that vision because I didn't know why I was seeing myself like that. And I began crying out to God, oh, please, Lord, please touch him. I didn't say touch me because I was out of the vision. I was saying, Lord, touch him, help him. And uh, and I could see Benihin, the man whom I thought was in my past, but it actually happened to me in 2010. That was, seemed to be 
challenged with a, a problem. And slowly I began to come towards the Lord with great difficulty. I was trying to come and this, this mist was holding me back. And then finally I moved. And I remember my right leg, right there by my, by my knee, a part of that moved. And the same part on the Lord's leg moved. I'll never, never forget that. And then slowly I began moving towards him. And he began to move towards me to, to the exact distance. If, if I moved the foot, he moved the foot. If I moved a little more, he moved a little more. And then finally we met in the center of the room in this vision. Whereby, you know, of course now I was straight and free. And I was glistening white like him. And then, and then suddenly something amazing happened. He put his arm around me. And I put my arm around him, standing, looking straight, with our, our arms, you know, around each other's back. And then the most remarkable thing happened, which I think is in my future, where he and I became totally one, and I disappeared, and all we saw is the Lord. I'm now, I told Chad, I said, I'm now in that spot where my arm is around him and his arm is, is you know, around my back. I did not know it till 2010. That's exactly what happened to me. I thought about it in 2010, 11, and 12, but I didn't put it together with that vision. But looking back, it's exactly what happened to me. Because in 2010, 11, and 12 were the worst years of my life where I was viciously attacked by the enemy. I went through a divorce. My wife and I were restored in 2013. And then by 2015 or so, I began to see the beauty and the change in my life. Till now, I'm a different person than, than I was even back in the 70s. My relationship today to the Lord is way closer, way, way more intimate than I, I, I could have ever imagined even when I was young. Even the, the great experiences I had in the 70s cannot compare to the, to the depth that I've experienced in the last few years. And to Jesus be all the praise for that. But having gone through that experience, uh, the question is, why did it happen? And the answer is quite simple. Sometimes someone's life and ministry become the uh, center of their life. And Jesus begins to uh, weaken in his presence in our life. I remember Lauren Cunningham talking about this years ago. Back in 1972, the first sermon I ever heard, amazing, huh? That he talked about what, what, what happened in his life when they bought a big ship. And the ship became more real to him than the Lord. And he was weeping talking about it. And how the Lord showed him that he is the all-important one, not the ship. And sometimes a ministry becomes more important than the Lord in people's lives. And this is when problems begin in all of our lives. And sometimes it's maybe something else, maybe somebody's job, maybe someone's uh, life or other things come into the way, get, get in the way. Maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's something else. Maybe even sometimes it's our, our own families get in the way and the Lord 
you know, it's pushed in the distance. We don't push the Lord away knowing we are doing it. But when, when other things come in its place, the results are, are bondage and sorrow and misery. And so, why do oppressions come? Because things become idols. The, the, the one command in the Bible that is repeated over and over and over, flee from idolatry. We read that over and over. In the, in the Old Covenant, the first thing God said in the Ten Commandments, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. That was a powerful command. Because that is the problem when people remove the Lord out of their hearts and life. Other things fill that vacancy. So what, what do people replace God with sometimes? Money, family, jobs, ministry. Can you believe that that can actually happen? But it does. Or uh, people, even friends. And so we, we, we create a God out of something sometimes. In my case, sadly, I became so occupied with having to raise funds for the ministry. The monster got so big. The burden got so great. It was just now, suddenly, it consumed me. How will I survive tomorrow? How will we pay our bills tomorrow? How can we stay on the air tomorrow? How can we do this tomorrow? How can we pay for the crusades? Uh, and that is what I think happened with me. But the Lord was gracious to my soul because most healing ministries in the past did, did, did not survive because of that. Most healing ministries collapsed. The most dangerous ministry to be in today is the healing ministry. Because people so depend on that someone to bring healing to their life and body that they look to the individual rather than the Lord himself and it's and it's very difficult sometimes for people to understand without Jesus and his presence and intimacy in that someone's life that someone will not last it will not last and very few people very few that I have known Catherine and, and Oral were the only two people that survived the healing ministry. Only two of them. So that's not a good a good report because the majority did not survive the healing ministry. There are still today uh, some in it, but very few. Notice how few people today are praying for the sick. Because of the of the how shall I say the price they have to pay. And the price is very high. And only the presence of God can sustain us in that kind of work. So people can last longer who are in evangelism or pastors. But healing, healing ministries have, have a, a lot of uh, uh, pain and stories of pain. And sadly, a lot of uh, things that have happened to people's families as a result. Bad things have happened. But back to what I was saying about me. The Lord was gracious to me. And, and that's why today my love for him, I can't even describe it to you because he's been so gracious. So I'm writing a book right now called The Mysteries of the Anointing. I was working on it today, in fact, with Charisma. 
and it'll be out early next year. I, it's 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 gonna change lives. It's gonna change lives because I'm very real in that book about what happened to me and why, and about the different anointings, the one within you, the one on you, and so on. But anyways, back to the question of why oppression. Oppression happens when the Lord is replaced with someone else or something else. That's when oppression comes in. And sometimes the oppression will become a possession if the Lord doesn't rescue that person. Because oppression doesn't stop there. Because it goes into other stages and finally possession. There are actually like seven steps from oppression to possession. So oppression is the, is, the, is the first step that affects the mind and the soul. It doesn't affect the spirit. Because the mind and the soul are separate from the spirit of man. Uh, yes, it's possible to be demon-possessed, but uh, the majority are oppressed. And demon oppression happens after that season of oppression. So demon oppression is not the first thing that happens. The first thing that happens is mental oppression. That's what happened to me. Mental oppression is where you are overwhelmed mentally by the need, by the moment, by the vastness of the problem and so on and so forth. And you are so distracted that you can't focus on the important thing which is your relationship with the Lord Jesus himself. And the Lord never left me. Thank God, thank God, thank God. But had I continued in that, in, in, in that place of mentally being uh, troubled by the, by the growth and the finances and the pressure of ministry, uh, I would have not lasted. And like I said, healing ministries especially uh, have, have a bad, uh, you know, many bad stories with other, with other healing evangelists. But I have discovered the answer. And the Lord showed it to me back in 74, but I didn't know that this was the answer. That vision I had was me in the future. And it happened to me 2010, 11, and 12. And then it continued a little bit longer, even after I was remarried to my wife, because you don't come out of it that quick. And then finally the Lord spoke to me one day and he said stop watching TV disconnect from the world and ever since then saints the peace in my life I can't even describe it to you the joy the the comfort that I have in the spirit is, is something that is uh, more precious than I can talk about and I know I know I will finish well because I'm on the right path now. My children tell me, they said, you've never been in such a beautiful place in your life. We've never seen it on you like this. Even Suzanne said that not long ago. She said, I've never seen you like this. But it's a beautiful thing that's happening too. And, and, and I'm now uh, able to help people and preachers who are maybe now listening to me on the danger of bondage because and bondage comes in after oppression mental oppression is the first thing that happens and and most people can handle it to a point to a point but later if it deepens it becomes much more troubling so 
the tabernacle. The tabernacle is the answer. Now, please hear me out. You may want to ask me some questions on this as I go here. The tabernacle has seven revelations that I had to experience in my life again after all this began happening. And the Lord began to reveal something to me powerful. The gate is the presence of the Lord. If you look at the tabernacle, it's like a road map into freedom. It's like a road map in, into, into, into freedom. Number one is the gate. The gate is where we meet the Lord all over again. I'm walking out of my room one day, and I heard him say in that terrible time in my life, and I heard the Lord say, I'm just waiting for you to come back home. That was the beginning of, it's almost like a renewal. And then the second thing you come to, after the Lord becomes real again in your life, which is the gate, you come to the altar of sacrifice. What is that? The power of the blood of Jesus that breaks you. It's a place of brokenness. Repentance is brokenness. A broken heart, O oh Lord, you'll not despise. My freedom never came till I was broken. A broken heart you'll not despise. Read it there in Psalm 51. David experienced oppression. People don't really understand that. It's in Psalm 55. Read it there. In Psalm 51, he talks about free me from blood guiltiness. Remember that? But then in Psalm 55, he talks about how the voice of the enemy was oppressing him. So if oppression came to David, it can come to any one of us. So, that oppression is broken by a broken spirit. That's when it starts breaking. The Lord meets you and then breaks you. The, and, and that's what happens at the altar of sacrifice. That's what the cross does. The cross breaks us, saints. It breaks us. There's brokenness. There's a contrite heart, O oh Lord, you'll not despise because there's true repentance. It's not, I'm sorry, it's brokenness. Being sorry is not enough in those moments in life. Because we know I've been sorry before, but I went and, you know, you do it again. But when you break, it's done, it's over. And thank God I never crossed the line. But still, I was broken. And brokenness brought me freedom later. The third step you come to is the labor. And that's the part of the Word of God. When the Word of God now saturates your being, you begin to receive the Word as you've never done before because of brokenness. Brokenness opens the pages of the Bible to you like you've never seen it before. Open thou mine eyes that I might behold wondrous things out of your law. And that's when I made the decision to read the Word three times a year, which I'm doing now. And, and it began, I'd say about 2015, somewhere there. Because the attitude of your heart as you read it has changed. Oh, totally changed because I was reading the Word before that because I thought it was something that you had to do as a Christian, which I love doing anyways. Yeah. Uh, yeah, of course, I was studying the Word. I was reading the Word. But I there was something lacking. And what was lacking is, I wasn't looking for His ways. I was looking to read the Word, to be informed, to be changed, to be... and so on, you know, to be blessed. Moses knew His ways. 
What did Moses say to the Lord? You know, listen, listen here. It's possible to know the Lord and not his word. Because his word reveals his ways. A lot of people are saved and they, and they know the Lord. They just don't know his ways, his nature. So when Moses said, show me your glory in Exodus 34, the Lord showed him what? His nature, his ways. And so it says in the Psalms how the Lord showed Moses his ways, his acts to Israel, his ways to Moses. And that's what happened to me. And that's when freedom explodes in your soul. When the, role, when the Lord reveals His ways through His Word. It's like, an, uh, it's like a brand new Bible you are reading that you, you have never seen light in the same light before. And then you come to something glorious. The lampstand. What is the lampstand? His will. Illumination. His will. Now God reveals His will to you for your life and destiny and future. And you see it clearly and you run for it. You run after it. And then, the table of showbread. What is that? Surrender your body as a living sacrifice. Because the body is the bread. The bread is the body. It's the place of surrendering our vessel to the Lord. And your deliverance is complete at the altar of incense. Worship. That's when communion and intimacy is impossible with oppression in the soul you cannot worship truly if you're not free from oppression impossible that must be out of the way before the fullness of Jesus takes hold of you it's a growth it's a process and when worship begins it leads you into the Holy of Holies, where you hear God's voice. So, there are seven places we go to from oppression to complete oneness with the Lord. And that's what I've said about my vision. I am not yet, I am not yet in that place where He and I became one. I'm on the way. I'm now at the place where His arm is around me and my arm is also around Him. But I believe the day is, is coming before God takes me home where he and I will become so one that I will disappear. And that's my, that's my heart's cry, that people will no longer see Benny Hinn, but see the Lord every time they see me. And you know, sometimes we think we've reached that place, but not what the, what, as the Bible describes it. And the Bible describes it when Paul talked about coming into the full maturity the full growth of Christ Jesus transformed into his image and likeness so I truly believe with all my heart this is where God wants us you know so the Christian life begins with Jesus is in my heart but it it finishes with I'm in his heart now and Paul received that great revelation about in Christ in Christ Christ in me, the hope of glory, but I'm in Christ also. At the end of that, that beautiful journey, I'm in Christ. That's our destination. Our destination is we in Him. We begin with He in us. So when, when I got saved, 
Jesus came into my heart. Now I'm on the way to His heart. We're after His heart now. To be one with His heart. What a precious day. And I think that's what Paul meant. That I may know Him and the fellowship of His suffering. Because that's His real heart. To be conformed unto His death. Wow. Isn't that, what a blessed uh, revelation this is. You know why I have this young man, this amazing young man with me? I told him that more than once. I have never seen someone love Jesus who worked with me in this capacity as much as you. No, I'm, I'm being honest. I'm being, I'm being real with you. I've had many people work with me in, in your position in, uh, as an assistant. Never have I known someone who is so, de- who is so deep in that desire yesterday he said something, something to me that blessed me big time about his love for the Lord and his desire for the Lord it's quite precious to listen to that's why he's with me that's why he's a part of our family now we all love him Suzanne loves him our children they all love him but and I told him this I, I, I said you will be with me till God takes me home and he, he, you know, starts crying at times when I say that, you know, huh? You make me cry. I know. <laughs> said you make me cry because I really believe that that Chad came to be with me till God takes me home, and we when we come amazingly from the same neighborhood, <laughs> the Arab world, Middle East, Israel, all that, you know. He's from Jordan. I'm from Israel. But the thing is, this saints to be free. I just give it to you, the road map. You must come to the Lord again. Let Him lead you to brokenness. Let Him lead you to revelation. Let Him lead you to His will. Let Him lead you to full surrender. Let Him lead you to worship. And then your freedom is complete. No demon can stay. No devil can stay around you when Jesus is there. No oppression can be in your mind when Jesus is there. In His fullness. In His fullness. And fullness requires that we meet Him in His four offices. Remember that the the gate had four colors. Remember that? King in the purple. White man. Scarlet Savior. Blue Son of God. These are His four revelations. And so when we come to Him, we submit to His authority. He's the King. We identify with His humanity as the man. And then we surrender to His salvation. And finally, we worship Him, Son of God. And these colors are in the tabernacle, in the gate. And when Jesus said, I'm the way, He he, he was saying, I'm the gate. He said, I'm the way, truth, and life. The actual door that, that was the entrance to the holy place was called the truth. And the veil was called the life. 
So when Jesus said, I'm the way, truth, and life, he was saying, I'm the three entrances into the presence of God. I'm the gate, I'm the door, I'm the veil. And that's why he finished with, no one can come to the Father. But by me. By me. Yeah. And to this day, no one can approach God's presence without the Lord Jesus. He is God Almighty in the flesh. He is the fullness of the Godhead in a bodily form. But never forget, the same God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the same God who created the world, came in the person of Jesus Christ and died on the cross and rose from the dead and ascended on high. And is coming again. So... The answer to oppression, the roadmap, the tabernacle. It's more than just a tent, guys. It's more than just a tent, sweet people of God. It's the roadmap into the presence of God. Well, I'm going to pray with you right now. Any questions you have? Because I said a lot. That was amazing. Okay. That was amazing. Lord, I thank you that you're going to lead everyone that is listening to me now into your presence for deliverance. You declared in your word, Lord, we don't need others to pray for our deliverance. We can be delivered by coming to you. You said, come unto me, all you who labor. Come unto me, all you are heavy laden. I will give you rest. I will give you freedom. Your word declares where the spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom, there is liberty. Lord, bring them to you and set them free from all oppression in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Yes, I believe there are people with a deliverance ministry, but there's less and less of them today in the world. But we have, we have the Lord and He's the best. He's the best. He's the true answer. All right, precious saints. I've shared my heart with you. And you know, sometimes I think in the car, uh, how shall I say it? God does a little more than he does in the studio at times because I don't know, but it's just wonderful. I love it in both places. Tomorrow I'll be back at the studio with you and I think it's going to be very, very powerful. And I'm going to be led by the Lord today on what to really minister on. And then Friday is our healing service. But next week, I, I'm, I'm thinking about a teaching on deliverance. Beautiful. Yeah, I really want to talk about deliverance because I want to pray for your total deliverance. Whatever it is that's binding you, holding you back, I want you free from that completely. Amen. Completely. Amen. And I was going to ask you, sir, how do you stay free? Well, let's talk about that tomorrow. Okay, because we're almost out of time. How to stay free is a very good question that I like to deal with tomorrow. How to stay free in your liberty. That's for tomorrow. Okay. Much blessings to you and love. And it's time now to give to the Lord's work. And I thank you with all my heart for being his child and being my partner. Yes! Yay! What a privilege. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Well, actually, we're really his partners. Amen. We're all partners with the Lord. Amen. I, I so, was reading. I was reading at, uh, when David said. Yeah, wait, wait. I was reading when David said in Second Chronicles, "Who are we, Lord, that we get to give you 
what was not even ours. Well, That's you actually what gave, what us. You gave us. Exactly. Well, you gave us. What a privilege. What, what a, privilege. a privilege. And and you know what is amazing about sowing seed? It touches the heart of God because it says he loves a cheerful giver. So it touches his heart when people rejoice and there's faith as they give. It just brings joy to his heart. And he blesses us so much. No room to keep it, huh? Lord, I pray you'll bless them as they obey you now in giving. Lord, you said I'll open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. There'll not be room enough to receive it. Let this be a reality in their life now in Jesus' holy and glorious name. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. All right. You can sow right now on the platform you're watching me on. Or you can give by going to our website, bennyhin.org. Or simply text BHM four five seven seven seven. Oh, I loved today. That was marvelous. Much love to all of you. Thank you for being my family. And I will see you tomorrow and on Friday, healing service. Bless you all. Bye bye. <laughs>